Hello, welcome back to Creative Chit Chat. I really need to get a different introduction. It's been 67 episodes and I've really not updated it. I feel I've got into a bit of a rut with it, so next week I might try and mix it up. But anyway, welcome to episode 67. Um, This week I've got Ryan Johnston on the podcast. He is a photographer, um, specialises in music photography, and it's got, he's got a ridiculous portfolio from SEAL to churches to Foo Fighters to Stormzy to I mean, pretty much anyone you can think of that, that has played in Scotland. Um, he's generally been in and about it. And, I mean, I met him, I think, when he was in his final year at DJ CAD, um, studying product design, um, and then sort of kept in touch with him, and then I've worked with him since. And... Yeah, we we sort of go through his journey and his reasons for uh, for leaving, going down to Glasgow. Which I mean, I think we've talked about retention a lot on the podcast. Um, but then there's some people that we just there's no way it's just not possible to keep them. And I think Ryan is is one of them because the music scene in Glasgow is just so good. And if if you want to be a music photographer in Scotland, that's the place to go. Um, but his story is is brilliant, and his journey from university to work in, in an agency and then doing photography on the side and then moving that into sort of full-time photography and setting up um, 10.2 which is his uh, video and photography collective within our two guys which happened this year so we go through all that in the journey um, and I think I mean one of the things about Ryan is he's so like personable and likeable um, and he is he works hard at social media um and it he has reaped the benefits from that from just approaching people being genuine taking an interest and just putting himself out there and not being afraid to to fail or get knocked back and i think that has really done wonders for him um and we do we do go into a bit of that as well um, but yeah, it's just his, his ability to just go out and chat to anyone um, in his professional career, maybe not so much in his personal life. But um, yeah, I think that's that's done absolute wonders. And I think as he talks about it's in the industry, he, he realised very early on that it's about who you know. And if you just have genuinely interesting conversations with people and just try and make those connections and not be fake or pushy or anything like that. I mean, that really makes a big difference. And that's how he's found success in this um, in this industry and, and has put him on this path that he's on at the moment. So, yeah, um, before we get into the episode, I've got a couple of things to mention. Uh, one is a new project that I launched a few weeks ago at the start of August, um, and it's called 12 by 12. Um, it's been hosted by BrewDog, very kindly um they have given us a wall for an entire year and said um yeah fill it with artwork so i've got 12 different designers artists photographers and everyone gets a month each um to put up a3 prints and each of those prints will be sold at 10 pounds and you can buy them from the bar 
or you can go to 12by12dnd.co.uk and the details will be there to contact the artist to buy them directly. Um, and Brewdog have been fantastic with us. They're not taking any commissions, so anything you do buy in the bar goes straight to the artist, um, which is fantastic. And I'd love to see more of that happening um, everywhere, I suppose. But yeah, it, um, if you do want to find out more about that, as I said, 12x12 dnd.co.uk and 12x12dnd if you search that hashtag on Instagram there should be a few posts come up and their first artist um, is illustrator uh, Stevie Peebs who's got some great illustrations and uh, prints up in Brewdog at the moment so go and check them out and then we'll have a fresh new batch of prints going up every month for the next 11 months uh, so yeah it's great to get that up there and out there um and hopefully we'll see more of that, uh, more design work, more artwork getting put up in and around the city. Um, but yeah, the second thing I want to talk about is more audio and podcast related. Um, obviously, having moved into the new studio with Agency of None, I've now got a p- permanent podcast set up, which is amazing. Um, and we've sort of got the, the, the kit to a level um, where we're really happy with it. And... I want to open that up as a resource. So I'm offering the creative community, anyone out there who is looking to do some audio recording, um, we're going to offer it at a really minimal rate. And the idea is that this becomes a community resource so people can come and book out space to do the recordings. Um, If you're thinking of starting a podcast, if you want to do some voiceover, if, if you want to do any sort of recording, you can come in and use the kit. Um, for a total minimal fee uh, all you need to do is bring along an SD card to, to put the recordings on come in, do them I can help you set up and then you go away with some good high quality audio so that's the idea I mean if you are interested in that if you do need a space for recording if you're worried about kit for recording then just get in touch um, I'd love to see more podcasts I'd love to see more podcasts springing up um, across Dundee and across Scotland as well um, so yeah uh, it's at CCC Dundee on Twitter, just drop me a message or you can DM me and I can give you the details if you're interested. Um, and it's at CCC Dundee on Instagram and it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee. Catch me there. So that's it. Uh, let's get into the episode. So this is number 67 and this is with Ryan Johnston. Uh, yeah, so. I just I started well, I picked up the camera when I was in fourth year. Like so I was at fourth year uni in Dundee, uh studying product design. Bought it on that bus Nikon D three thousand. It was like years old, but I bought it from a friend, uh, Claire. Uh and then just uh well girlfriend now wife uh, bought me the lens, uh fifty one four and like from my twenty first birthday. And literally a couple of weeks later I got I'd always had this fascination in music photography, uh, looking at other people, uh, like a guy called Tom Welsh, who started actually Ten Sunglasses, with a bunch of other guys, Martin and Chris, uh, like him, there's Adam Elmacaius, Thomas Falcone, uh, massive fans of them, and I'd always saw them, because I've always had a passion for music, although I can't play, um, and so yeah, I got the lens and I was like, ah, right, I'm gonna try and do that. I'm gonna try music talk and see what I can do. So you know, jump. I mean, so so you're studying at the at this point and you've done sort of three and a bit years, yeah. Um, but not 
I mean, so you're not studying photography? Yeah, no, no, not studying at all. Um, I literally just Google and YouTube is the, the way forward. Um, just like my actual full time job after it was, <laughs> I became graphic designer and I just I, you know, I picked up Photoshop really when I was, you know, like 11, 12 on a laptop. Um, um, but yeah, no, like photography, I just, you know, I thought, no, let's give it a try, let's try it. And um, yeah, so I was like, I was like, how did I start this? And uh, there was a website, shootshapos.com. It was really helpful, just like, that was a guy, uh, two, two brothers, Todd O'Young and I think it's Chris O'Young. Um, one of them runs it. And he's got so many guides and articles and like how to get your first press pass and stuff. So uh, I read that and it's actually quite easy to, like, to, like, to contact. You know, there's there's emails, there's everything's online that you can Google. Uh, and I got in touch with Ban Fatherson and they were playing Fat Sam's like, in the week. And that was in October. So I started shooting sort of September. And it was in October and I pinged them a message on Facebook, well, Facebook and email because I seen an email on the Facebook page and turned out to be a guy Bruce Rental um who emailed me back uh, who actually like you know I, kn- I know now and it was only recently we actually clicked that it was him they gave me the first pass so I went to Fat Sam that like that night shot so that. like see just to go back to the email so yeah. having like cause, I mean that's quite a big jump from just like not having done any of this yeah like, no before was, to was, like having the confidence to email and say right I'm just gonna I mean at that point did you think you were just totally winging it or were you yeah uh, like I was like, like you know worst case scenario they'd like, say no you know, I was like, let's try it. Let's see, you know, they're a Scottish band. Let's hope, you know, that they'd give us a, you know, a wee helping hand. So I done that and they were like, yeah. Uh, Bruce was like, yeah, no, that's that's cool. We can get that sorted. So I went along. And did so, you offer to do that for free? Uh, yeah, I was at, like, you know, any of the photos turn out, you know, you can use them for socials. It's all cool. Um, so yeah, and get that's it. No, that night. I think it was, yeah, it's that night I met a guy called Gavin Craigie, who's another photographer from Dundee. He was working with model airplanes who were sporting. And, you know, we we clicked and we were like, still good friends and stuff. And uh, I so shot that, you know, editing that. And then sort of just as soon as that happened, I had this urge to do it more. And uh, the next show, I think it was at, at the time, was, was it Oscars, I think? the big church it's been like seven different it's, yeah i think it's now called church yeah yeah it's been so many so shot a band called copper lungs which are a local band um and then like a week after that like example was playing fat sounds again and i was like do you know what let's try it so i tweeted him and like he was like yeah there's a name in the door fire away and i was like <laughs> okay i mean that's like proper having i mean it's a great hit rate Oh yeah, and at that point, I mean, had they had you showed them any photos that you'd done before, or um, not like it was literally like just tweeted examples. Like, Look, man, any chance? <laughs> I've got a camera. Yeah, I was like, on. like you know, I'm just starting out. Like, I, I think, I think I maybe had like you know, you get four photos on Twitter, so I probably had four like from the Fathers and the Cotter Long show. Um, and they were, and he was like, yeah, man, your name's in the door. And I was like, okay. And uh, you know, example, how many like number ones he's had and all that, you know, that's fair play, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then just sort of from there, you know, I started reaching out like once I shot that and then I done a, like another show with Copper Lungs and then I met but like uh, I was like Charlotte B Charlotte was sporting. So I shot her. So like anytime because I was like starting out, I was I'd go and get all the sports as well. No matter what, like you know, try and get as many artists that I've got. 
and then just to build up that portfolio. Uh, and then like at the same time, I started doing like club night photography as well, just to so I was always using my camera. Um, and yeah, it just sort of rolled like that. And so, like in those like the early gigs that you went to, what do you reckon are like the most important things that you learned? Because I mean, you've probably gone into an environment. And it's a kind of it's be quite alien because although you've oh, been to gigs okay. before, but you've never had that freedom to roam with a camera or be quite that close to the stage, probably. hundred oh, percent. So, there. What do you think the, the most important things you learned in those first gigs? Well, how to shoot when it's pitch black. <laughs> that was uh, one of the uh, uh, the, we- the weirdest thing. I still, uh, you know, I prefer shooting when it's dark. It's. But and I'm assuming you're just shooting without a tripod. Yeah, no, without a tripod. So it's just trying to learn. Just you know, at the time, obviously. The camera I had, like, you know, you usually bump up the ISO, but like when the ISO hit a certain level on that camera, it's like grainy as in. But, you know, there's nothing I can do. Like, so I just I used it and it worked, and the images all came out. And, you know, and I, I used that camera. Like, so it's been, I have, I've had this, like, the camera I'm on for now is my second camera. And I've had this for two years, so pretty much it's like two and two. But even that old one, it was, you know, at the time it was like, 10, 15 years old or something, and uh, that may not be that old, but it was 10 years old, and it was, uh, it, you know, I used it for, like, Foo Fighters, shot Foo Fighters, I shot, like, everything, the hydro and stuff, uh, all in this, you know, so a lot of the time, you know, everyone's like, oh, I need to get the best thing, I need to get, like, that gear, that, that, you can make it work. Yeah, like, okay, if you go and try and print it at, like, a wall, like, you know, a full-blown scale, and it's not going to like the quality's not going to be that great, but you know how many I've, I've maybe done. No, in fact, I've not been done a billboard, so it's fine. <laughs> so you <laughs> I think, could use any camera at the moment. <laughs> so at that early stage, when you're just getting into photography, it's the the gear is less important, and the actual learning of your craft and the skill is the thing that's more important. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. It's you know, it's it, you know, everyone, you know, it will. You know, you always think, oh, yeah, I need to get this bit of gear, I need to get that bit of gear. But at the same time, you know, I've started learning, you know, it's, it is what it, you make do what you've got, I think. You know, like, luckily I got from the tw- former 21st, that 51.4 was what helped it. Because that, like, that's a bit of gear that um, allows you to shoot in such a low low light. Um, but, like, even, say, a, 50, like a 35.18 or a 51.8, you know, you can get for 100, 150 pounds. Whereas, you know, now, like, for lenses, like, for, like, the better lenses, you're, like, over a grand. Um, so, yeah, like, luckily I got that, that 51 and that helped, because, like, the kit lenses, they just, they, like, they're, they're not low enough aperture to actually get, like, anything. Um, that's why you often need flash, but when you do gigs, it's the first thing you know flash is pretty much the, the written rule. So, yeah, you're not allowed flash, you need to just use what the camera can do. Yeah, so you've obviously picked this up in fourth year at uni. Um, so through at, at DJ CAD, what do you reckon were the most important things you learned there? Uh, like, I think I, I learned a lot of like, confidence in your work. I mean, and also, I mean, was art school a, yeah. a good, positive experience? Oh, it was good. I, I loved it. And, you know, I jumped back at it. I jumped back more harder, probably. <laughs> When I look at it, but no, nah, there's like a, a big like forming the passion for photography alongside doing product design. I've started doing you know doing product photos, and I was getting like just getting to use it and like going to DJ Cad like sort of uh, sort of 
taught me like how to learn to utilize everything that you've got like like, utilize skills that yeah they might not need it for this but like keep working on them keep moving with them you can use them in different avenues you know like you met dg cad having never done code and stuff but like i learned bits of code doing stuff and just doing like learning so much and uh, DJ Cad, they, they properly push it just to just to expand your skill set, and uh, they're really you know, they'd be confident in what what you what you create, you know, and like doing the product design course, like pitching and stuff, and doing talks of our people quite a lot, so it gave that confidence. To go and speak to people, and you know, just be positive about what you're doing, you know, and especially in the, the fourth year, uh, like your fourth year project where that's that full year long project that you're doing, you get uh, like I was like you know I was running something. Uh, small brothers consist of fibrosis, so I, I was trying to make a device that uh, helped kids do the physiotherapy part of that, and you know, and you, they're passion projects. So it was like it was just great just to be so passionate about it and like involve. And then again, like doing that, yeah, and I had to make a video at the end of the year. So then that like, helped me doing the stuff. So it's all just all using all the skill sets that you've got, just utilizing it and making them work and use them, and also like working as teams and stuff and everyone together. You know, everyone. It's it sort of shows you that you know if you're if you're stuck in something, there's always someone else that you can help. It's always like people just be confident and like working with everyone and work together. And that's sort of yeah, it that's where it all came out of, and it was all about the confidence part. So like after after degree show, what was what was the plan? After degree show, uh, it was that. Like, I'd had this, I'd, I've always had a passion for graphic design, you know, throughout uni as well. I was still like teaching myself and like doing some posters and stuff for certain things. Um, I just wanted to get, I wanted to get into that. Like, product design, you know, I loved it, but it just wasn't. I was, I was sort of also wanting to like take my project forward. Uh, that I'd like taking, uh, cause I'd like entered like Youth Innovator Challenge and stuff and got through it at, like decent levels and stuff. So I really wanted to take that through. Um, so we went down new designers with it, got some good feedback and, you know, met people like from City Fibrosis Trust and all that and it was all it was all positive. And and then got obviously when I was down there I got the job for the graphic designer at the Shane. Um and you know, and then obviously going out full time and all that and the the system out there breathe back is what it was called, that sort of took a side. But the photography bumped up more and then so, because Shine is based in Glasgow, yeah, um, and so was that like a conscious decision to move back, like to Glasgow, or yeah. So, like you know, I'm uh, originally from Glasgow, but and I've got family down here, but it was to get into a city that has the music and has that. Like, it was one one of my ideas, and just you know, it was quite funny. Like, so when I'd lived in Inverness for like eight years, so. I was, I was born in Glasgow and then lived there eight years and then Inverness for eight years and like and so in the first 16 years of my life I've been at like one two concerts and then we moved like my family moved to Stirling for a year well they moved for two but I went, went to uni after a year but in that first year I'd been to like was it 58 concerts or something like that like because I was so close to Glasgow and Stirling you know it was so easy to come through and um, that's where I got that like sort of passion for the music live live atmosphere so like Glasgow's quite heavily like you know there's something on every night pretty much and Dundee just doesn't have that and and it's a shame you know there's so much come from Dundee and you see that you know and you see that the artists that are going to be playing at the thing next month 
uh, for the opening the V&A and stuff like that. There's so much going on that they just, I don't know what's happened, like venues and Yeah, well, I mean, I'd, I'd, I've had yeah, various people on the podcast have mentioned that as well, yeah. and I think, um, yeah, it's an area that, that Dundee needs to work on. It's quite um, similar in Edinburgh as well. Edinburgh's venues are shutting down left and centre because they've got policies and the council's just pretty much ruining things. Like, you know, developments are coming in. And you've seen that like, a few few months back where there was like talks of a hotel uh, getting built, say, you know, King Tut's one of the legendary venues. And like, you know, there was like big arguments of the sound and stuff. But it's like King Tut's has been there even like for years and people went through that, but they were going to have problems because the hotel was wanting to build next to it. And it's like, sure, that's the hotel's problem, not the venue. Yeah, you've got to protect that heritage. That, yeah. yeah. And you've seen that like, last year with, um, was it liquid rooms or something in Edinburgh? They had like the exact same. Uh, and it, like, the problem is, you know, like, there's, there's like, laws and stuff that I've heard that are like the people that are creating sound need to provide the like need to stop the sound from reaching them, even though they've been there first. That that's what puts the smaller venues down because small smaller venues can't afford to go and put in all this like soundproofing, yeah, soundproof at all, yeah. you know. And that's that's what's gone wrong, especially you know. So you see, and Dundee. Edinburgh, Aberdeen, you know, they're, they're not getting that much gigs going anywhere, you know. And I think that's what's got, that's causing it, like, such a big problem in Edinburgh, especially. It's, it's it's starting to get some more, but there's not that many venues that are, that are available. And, you know, it's trying to think, like, Glasgow has those different sized venues, you know, like, about 100 cap, 300 cap, like, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Edinburgh, you know, it's just certain ones. Um, I think that's one of the things that people I've spoken to before in the podcast have said that um, this the, the scale of venues in Dundee they just they have big and they have really small but they yeah, don't have that in between that, yeah and that's um, what causes you know there's so many bands that just you know that that too big is too big they're, they're not going to fill the care at all yeah and the people are not going to want their fans are not going to want to go and see them in the care at all yeah care at all you know it's that's it's one of those venues that. You're only gonna have a certain set of acts that will yeah. play in that, you know. It's it's uh, yeah, it's the same sort of um, uh, like Lusher Hall in Edinburgh or the Armadillo in uh, Glasgow. You know, like you can only get certain acts that work in that. You know, you can't go to a rock concert in that because it's just not the same atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, you want them, like just you know the ABC. You know, it's sadly that's that's a way, but like that was just perfect. It was just a bit hot and you know rock concert and they were just brilliant and it was just heavy and Barrett lands, you know. Brands iconic for it, um, but you just don't have that anywhere, anywhere else, you know. Like even when, because they started doing like gigs upstairs in Fat Sands or something, haven't they? Like because sometimes that that the main hall was always just it's too big, um, for the smaller smaller shows. But then there's like, there is nothing in between that and like a beat generator or church or you know, that's they're too too big of a difference between mm-hmm. that, you know. Yeah. So. At the point at which you're working at, at Shine mm-hmm. um, as a graphic designer, um, but also still running the the photography stuff. Yeah. So how did you sort of manage that and balance that? <laughs> Literally mental. Um, no, like, I think was it over? Like, so I was at Shine for like three, just just literally bang on three years. Um, first year, you know, I'd, I'd be doing concerts and stuff and doing festivals and whatnot. But like... That was that my passion was starting there, uh, and then like for two years, I pretty much I went went on a holiday with like family, went to Barcelona, and went to London like just a couple of days each time, 
and uh, the rest of my holidays, like for two years, were on festivals. So like literally just flat out. I go to work Monday, Thursday, go to the festival for Friday morning, come back like maybe even on Sunday night or the Monday back into work. And it was just flat out. And but I was glad that I'd done that because you know it just it got me out there and got me doing all these things. You know, I've I've been lucky enough to shoot such a range of range of stuff. You know, um. Yeah, that's uh, it was difficult to sort of balance and also balance like having a personal life, you know. Mm. Um, you know, coming back to the flat and like Catherine sitting there and her dog and like barely get like literally just seeing them at night going to bed and then that was it, you know, back out in the morning or you know, got half the time I'd be going to a gig. I'd like go to work, say, you know, half eight to five or whatever, leave the uh, leave the work, go to the gig. Because I didn't have time to go back to the flat to come back out. You know, I'd go and get some food or something and then go to the gig. And then come back and I'm sitting editing until 1, 2 o'clock and then back again. And just keep doing that. And yeah, it was just, it, was, it became quite a lot. <laughs> and at that point, are you, were you only doing stuff that you really wanted to do? Or were you just doing anything and everything just to keep developing? At the beginning, yeah, I was doing anything and everything, any gigs that were in. Um, and then I started working on the contacts that I could sort of dip and choose and um, sort of do it, be a bit more flexible of what I wanted to do. Um, so when you say building up your contacts, like what what actually, what it was that for you? How did that work? Um, so, like a lot of it worked just so, a lot of the stuff that, so I do stuff with like magazines like Dort and Upset uh, down south. Um, they were just re- I think I reached out just via email to do stuff for them and you know shot a couple of gigs and stuff um, like so I do I've not done it in the past year the last thing I've done stuff for them is Redden Festival last year so I'm going back down again with them this year um, but yeah it's like reaching just reaching out and like Twitter and everything like I literally just I try and make myself aware outside and uh, like just shouting about the stuff that I do uh, quite heavily on social media and then that like I gradually get people seeing that uh, so is that when you say social media is that Twitter Instagram yeah tw- Twitter Facebook. quite heavily like like shouting like Facebook I've got the page and then I forget to update uh, I don't I, 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 just, I don't get that reach that I get on Twitter um, and Instagram like you know Instagram like Instagram that you can only people can only see it so much uh, of what, like, what you post and the way it's been done now it's you know one ever sees your stuff um but like twitter is just quite a it's quite good because you can see the interaction and then other people you know might follow you but they'll see your tweets to someone else and then that like it goes around so you know i keep in contact with a lot of like other photographers um, and just like get that it's it's quite quite good and just being quite interactive with brands and personalities and magazines and stuff just try to keep it and just also just sharing about your own work uh, you know anytime i do stuff i stick it up on twitter like you know tagging the right pl- people for them to see and stuff and, and it's quite funny just through doing that it's like the artist you know and everyone says oh no like i've managed to get some artists like, their managers have contacted me through my website like through the contact form like filling that out and they're actually like emailing me like yeah like i got emails for seal and i had managers like yeah like through my contact form, I was like, let me read that again. <laughs> Why CEO contact me through contact form instead of like through someone else? So it was quite cool. And do you think, because like, obviously 
you started out doing that and just putting your name out and just asking the question and going to the people that you wanted to mm-hmm. to shoot. Um, do you think that's like a sort of part of your personality that you're quite like naturally outgoing and extroverted? Yeah, I think so. And in in this area, yeah, I think I'm quite do, do that quite a bit. When I'm at home, I barely talk. <laughs> Catherine always complains that I doesn't. You know, I'm, I'm not a very talkative person. But when it comes to that, I, I'm, I just try and get my name out there. That's that's the main focus to get out there. You know, especially with social media nowadays. It's, but I think it's also difficult to do that in a way that you don't feel like you're shoving your name in yeah. people's throats and you're creating content that's interesting and relatable and that people are like oh what's that and what, rather than just being like i did this i did this i did this i did this yeah no 100 percent. i think um like yeah no it's, it's trying not to be too forceful um like so when i'm like when i shoot a gig um if i'm shooting for the artist or whatever or just a matic gig and I can you can always tell the people that are like working again. So I just try and like drum up a conversation, or I try and look at, you know, try and think of like who the manager, like who, like try and find out who maybe the TM is or something, and just try and like be aware that they're there and just. You say TM, so the tour manager or something, or just to try and get, try and get in with an artist. You know, it's pretty much just speaking. So like, because it was like the, the band La Fontaine, uh. You know, I went to their I went to their gig with a punter at first and started like doing a couple of shoots and then I met uh, their manager Artie. So she got me and she works at DF. And then so that sort of like through that and she got me in for stuff with DF. You know, that's how I like got transmit uh summer sessions, all that like shooting for DF is like through that, that initial connection, like of going to see a gig. Being a good fan of the La Fontaine's and then like getting to know them, getting to know Artie and then through and it's who you know. A lot of it is who you know, and just I've been lucky to get that. That's uh, that I've, like who I know has got some good good contacts. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> I suppose it's building up genuine relationships yeah. with those people rather than being sort of false and uh, yeah, yeah, actually genuinely having things in common with those kind of guys. No, hundred percent. And I think you know, especially in the Glasgow, Glasgow area, like everyone in the music industry, like so in the music area. Of, Glasgow sort of everyone knows each other and there is that you know it's not there's not a hidden like agenda everyone's just you know everyone's sound and being like good with each other and uh, there's a lot of like real relationships you know the people that you can just blur to and you catch up with out with the music you know you can go go and have pints that's getting nothing you know you don't mention it about the work side of things even though but it is, it's, it's good like that but yeah a lot of it is like who you know so like, luckily like through just speaking to people and then doing these things i just try and speak to people as much as i can when i'm at a gig because who knows where it's going to lead you and so i, I want to talk a little bit about the, the sort of the actual visual style of the shots that you take Um i know you, you sort of mentioned that it, it, it came from your the restrictions that you were under at the start mm-hmm. like not being able to take, use a flash um having certain lenses and just learning to to shoot in yeah. low light but you, you've sort of developed a style that's I mean, I'd say it's quite bold. It's more often than not black and white, mm-hmm. um, and quite striking um, yeah. photography. So, like, where do you think, other than those sort of technical restrictions, where do you think that that style has come from, and how has that developed over time? Yeah, uh, the the whole black and white thing is it's sort of. I always feel that black and white just brings out emotion a lot more. Um, 
a lot like and I like just a, a really a proper contrast between black and white you know sometimes like you can see photos that are like quite grey there's they're, they're not really there's not much contrast between the two and like between everything and I, like, I, I prefer like having like, a proper striking image through that contrast um, but like, when I do colour I do try and focus like so one of my main focuses is it doesn't matter who's on the stage it's more the lighting I'm trying to capture I love photographing the lights like and when it comes to bigger production, the lights are amazing, you know. And it's like, uh, I go and photograph, like, All Time Low, for instance. Their lighting guy, Jeff, like, is unreal. And, like, half time, I'm, I've got no interest in who's on stage. It's just his lights that I want to capture because I'm looking for the symmetry, I'm looking just for those shapes that are created. That's what I love doing. Um, and, yeah, when you look through it, you'll see a lot of stuff. And because of that, no flash rule. That's that's sort of where the try to find that light is, because yeah. it's such a dark room that you're trying to get that light and just capturing that and yeah, it's that's sort of always been my like my main thing. It's half time. It's like I don't really care who's on the stage. It's just like oh, that's you know when I done uh, churches at Hydro, they had this, this beautiful light that was striking. And Twilight Sad, um, who were supporting, they literally just the way they had it. It was just uh, there was just literally these beams that were coming down it was just really really cool just these, and then like uh, the lead singer is quite like quite emotional when he sings you can see it so like when i caught like uh, one of the, my favorite shots just the way that the lights were coming down their diagonals and it just made this really cool shape but he was luckily just standing with it and it was it was nice um but yes yeah, when it comes to the, that's when it's i'm looking at the color is i'm always looking for the lights and then the like, black and white it's just try to capture that contrast between you know the darks and the lights of the, the image itself, and um, you know, and obviously capturing the motion track. Like what, I, and then when I'm sort of doing sort of like front of house stuff, I'm just trying to capture like what the fans are enjoying, the energy that's in the room. Because you know, like especially in Scotland, right? There's nothing like being at a packed out concert in Glasgow and Glasgow and anywhere in Scotland, and just the, the energy, of the fans is what everybody remembers. You know, uh, you know, and speaking to a lot of artists. And they come to Scotland, that's their favourite place. You know, you've got festivals down south. And like, the energy's just not the same. It's not the same. Uh, yeah, like, even when you're watching the telly, see, you know, it's like, you can go and, you can see an artist play, like, you know, when Glastonbury's on and when Teen Park's on at the same time, you know. You'd watch the BBC one weekend, you see an artist playing at uh, Glastonbury. The crowd's just bouncing about. Same artist next weekend in, in the Teen Park, and the crowd is just going off it and it's great and that that energy and atmosphere and you always see it because it always brings out a smile on the, the the fans and the, the, the artists side like they're always loving it and they always come out a total buzz and that's what like i like try and catch that if i've got full access that's what i want to capture when you get brought on for for a gig or a project um or a festival or whatever how much of a brief are you given by Say someone like DF or the tour manager or yeah. whoever's like brought you in for that. that um, I'm, I'm like, thinking about that. I, I'm luckily I don't I don't get much of a brief. I just get told to do what I, like when it comes to the live stuff. I just sort of get told to do what I do. Um, Is that because they've seen your think, stuff yeah, before yeah. and that's so, what they're looking for? Yeah, and I think I'd managed to like when I, I was usually brought in, like initially start out getting brought in like via music blogs and stuff. So. They're just, they just want photos that show the gig, you know, so there wasn't really much of a brief for there. Through doing that, I was then getting, and then so 
I had this portfolio and then like, people could see what I could do. And quite a lot of time when they hire me, it's just do do that, you know. Like, obviously when I'm doing festivals, like, the, br- the, the brief that I get, is, like from what you said, EF, would be, but the only brief that I'd get is the brief for like sponsorship stuff. So when I'm going to go around the site and get, you know, the sponsored photos or the, the crowd and specific things, that's the only time I really get a brief when it comes to music. Um, like, well, when it comes to like music festivals or stuff, it's just that, that side of the, the corporate side of the festival. And um, when it comes to the live stuff, it's sort of just do what you do, what you, do you know? Mm. And so do you ever feel that you're hindered by that? So you've created this, this like this style. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you ever think oh actually I just want to do something completely different yeah uh, quite a lot like I'll I'll go back to photos and try and like, try and do different edits like the moment I want to try and change my style up um, so I'm trying to like bring in a bit more colour and stuff and try and bring in colours that aren't really there but at the same time I don't want to change don't want to change it too much like to be a having like you know going to a concert and that like, you, you know the Everyone like there was in the gig was like, yeah, that was a blue, but like, I've got pink. I wanted like I, I just want to change something. Just I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I like I just, I'm always in the late room just playing and tweaking and you know and I'll like download people other people's presets and stuff. You know that people sell them and stuff. So but I never I never use them on photos like the export like that. I'll use them to have a look at what their settings are and I'll put it into my own stuff just to see like the little different elements because you learn so much from other people's work um, but I'm, I don't like download it and just use a, their preset I always take a look just go ah, right okay so that's how they get you know that's how they get the blacks so black or you know stuff like that because sometimes you know like when I talk about the contrast like mine still aren't quite the contrast that I want but through downloading other people's I can start seeing how they give it to like that that much blackness it's quite funny like try to get it as black as that you know or, or the weights that weight but not being too over it too over highlighted and stuff so because mm-hmm. i mean how if you were to say to, to shoot a gig and come back i mean how long are you spending like post-production um that? when it comes to guys i can get them quite like i'll have them done like if it's obviously the like first three you know they'll be done for like half an hour 45 minutes I can get them out um, just because I've set up, so I've got like presets that I've made, so I can well, I'll pretty much put them on and then tweak to more, um, you know, so I'll have, so they're always my style and I just tweak them ever when needed because everything's different, you know. Um, and yeah, I'd, like, I always try and get a couple of shots, a couple of key shots out because uh, like, as soon as possible, especially when I'm working on an artist. So like, for example, at the weekend I was working with a hot tub time machine. He's he always uh, put, puts up the family photo. So I try and get that, just that family photo and a couple of other shots that you can stick up on social straight after the show um, just to get them out there. And I think because the way social media is now is so live and no one really cares about the gig that happened three days ago, you know? Uh, and I see that a lot, you know, if I'm shooting for certain publications that I can't post the photos or till that review, till the review goes out. People still read the review, but they don't really care about the photos when I mean, it's happened five days ago. No one really, you know. So that's sometimes what, what's really annoying is like, you know, when I've got photos that I love and I want to just get them out because the fans, fans want to see that. But I need to wait five days for the review to come in. It's like no one really cares about the photos now, <laughs> you know. Um, but 
these things happen you just go on with it and but yeah i try and like, i try and do it because because of the presets like, that i've created and stuff i can get them quite quite done quick you know and if i like go into and stuff the back you know the band won't sort of just have that ready you know just so i can stick a couple of photos up and got you know thanks everyone for coming and stuff so i've got that going so you're working in in shine and balancing these yeah. two things together um but then sort of end of last year or maybe slightly earlier you decided i mean maybe that's the question at what point did you decide this has got to be full-time yeah career um you know i've been thinking about it probably thinking about a year or something um a year or so and like you know it's always been that but you know i, I absolutely loved work at shine you know like the team were amazing uh, everyone was so helpful and everyone everyone was really understanding of like you know i do both and uh you know craig my boss he was totally like you know he's always checking like what game i got tonight and stuff so that really supportive of what i do outside and uh and then luckily like you know last year they started like take, like hiring me as a photographer sort of build up again you know so i was working with shane's clients but as myself um and it's just good experience so through doing that and and then it came like this year so obviously you know they're trying to plan for their year ahead so we had the chat of like so you know uh what's your what, what's my vision you know and you know i, I was honest as like, i'd love to do this i'd love to do the photography full time and they were so supportive of that um you know like craig sat me down craig karen they sat me down we, we chatted and we talked about what we can do um for like you know what they could do to help me you know what i can like so i would never have just wanted to i'm leaving in two weeks and that's it they, they, i mean but know. i mean that's the, the probably the reality for a lot of people it was for me i just i hid it completely mm -hmm. because i knew that if i had I'd have gone to people it would have probably caused more issues yeah um and done more harm than good but it's amazing to have that sort oh, of oh yeah like I, the support from everyone in the team uh was just incredible and uh I don't, you know I'd, it's always been such a tight team a, a small team there and um, you know part of massive projects but it was just everyone sort of knew that like photography was my thing you know and everyone like so like, everyone was just so supportive of it so they like you know karen craig sat me down and going over things and all that right so well, i was getting married in june and this is like april was it april? Uh, maybe even march when we first had a chat and we were like right so we're we going to do it like, how do you want to do it how like you know and, and it was you know because craig he and craig and karen they, they both had their own companies and stuff and um and started like been, they worked in companies and then done their own thing and started the company so it was like they were really helpful of, right you just need you need to grow the balls <laughs> you know it was it's that fear of going from you know salary to waiting for invoices to get paid <laughs> 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 but um no it was they, they were so supportive and then so yeah come on i decided right it's gonna happen i'm gonna leave on the tuesday get married on the friday go to barcelona for a couple of days and then back the following friday to start transmitting as a full-time freelancer <laughs> so yeah it was a bit of a it was a bit of a mental uh like two weeks but uh, we knew it for like a few months like everyone in the office knew that i was you know plant head so it was no, it was it was just the right time i think like uh, you know and i say you know i was the idea was to actually have a couple of days off but i haven't stopped <laughs> i think just because at the beginning you know i'm like i'll just take all the jobs just because i'll take all the jobs just 
to make sure that I've not got a lull. I will have a lull, but and that's what happens. But I just want to take it at the beginning, just so I, I can just take it and I just go. Yeah, and I think you need to have that like little bit of financial security yeah. as well. It's really important because I mean that's the big factor. If hundred uh, percent, yeah. If you've got you a salary know, coming in, you're quite comfortable. But then yeah, as soon as you've got bills to pay and all the rest of it, then yeah, you need that money coming in. Yeah, no, hundred percent, and you know, and and then when you're doing it on your own, like for the past two weeks, you know, I've been flat out. But then my fear is like I've not thought, well, I've not that because I've been flat out doing the actual work. I've not been reaching out to get the other jobs. That come in later so you know it's try to balance all that but i say yeah you've got to you've got to keep that continual workflow going mm-hmm. um while yeah doing everything from the the accounts to send it in first to chasing the invoices yeah, to exactly. doing the work there's to, so much behind that but you know and that's that's the funny thing is just that that having all that business behind what you think you're going to be doing as well you know it's balancing that out and uh, so yeah like the past two weeks it's been great you know i've been i've been shooting so much different things but <laughs> i'm sorry i also got like, come home and I'm like, right i should be posting this or i should be like reaching out to this and, and it, but it's like there's only so much time but you know I, i'm quite a i'm quite a positive thinker and you know I, i'm as sad as it sounds i read all these books and like uh like creative thinking and all this so i just uh, it'll it'll work out it's fine <laughs> And obviously you said you went freelance, yeah. um, but you set up a studio called Tentu. Yeah. Um, which is you and two other guys. Yes. So it's myself and uh, Cameron Brisbane, who's sitting behind us, and uh, <laughs> Stephen Kyle. Uh, so, yeah, Cameron's a music photographer from around here as well. Uh, we've known each other in like two, three, two years ago. Um, and yeah, so like, and then Stephen, Stevie does a lot of weddings, but his main thing was he was well, he still is Toronto Atlantic's uh, photographer. Um, and the way we we got to know each other was I woke up on like Christmas Day, Christmas Day three, three four years ago, um, to a very angry Instagram message from him. Um, he'd been out on Sunday out in Glasgow. Um, I was so I've been I'm Toronto Atlantic daft. Um, I've you know I've seen him. 20 like 20 times you know 20, 20 times working with him at Belladrum last year um but you know i'd seen him so many times i'm like a huge fan and i was getting to photograph them like in new, they were playing edinburgh hogmanay and like you know i was buzzing to photograph them you know i was like this is this is amazing and uh so he messaged me on instagram and like you know oh i've just spoke to someone in a bar they say you're talented photographer blah blah uh, i thought that was my job and i was like I haven't said um, you know, I've, I've been saying to people I'm buzzing to photograph. I've never ever said that, like, because I was like, like, I would never say like lie that I'm there for. I was like, I've never photographed in my life. How can I be there? Uh, so I, I, you know, I wrote a really nice like message about that. I'm so I don't know who it was, and then like, uh, but Steve was, you know, he's totally saying he's like obviously a couple of drinks in, and someone saying like that someone else is saying that's their job. You know, you know, you, you get a bit pissed. So he was like. That wasn't, I don't know who it was, we still don't know to this day who told him. Uh, but yeah, like, so I seen him at New Year, and like, you know, from there we just kept on talking and blaring. So yeah, there's like the three of us, Cameron and Stevie, uh, we set up this place, Tentu, so it's just the studio. The idea, like, the idea is going to be like, we'll progress it more as a, as a collective. So we've got like, 
we set it up. We'd, we'd love to do jobs together. Whenever we get jobs in and one of us can't like say, you know, I get asked to do a gig and I'm already booked. I'll always like for like the past year or so, two years actually, well, whatever. We've been met, we message each other like, do you want it? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And uh, like with the idea of going freelance and the two of them being freelance, we were like, like they they wanted a place to go and just edit and go and have it your own place. Instead of sitting in the second bedroom, which then becomes like the laundry room where all your irons just sitting in your desk, you know, it's it just became, you know, you have all your clothes drying in that room, so and it was one of those rooms where you just shut the door and just leave it whatever's in there. Uh, so I was like, right, the three of us and they they found this place. And uh, it was just perfect, like you know, an empty shell that we could do what we want. So we're like, all right, so let's just start it and then we're like, right, so we need in order to get the place you need to have a lot of business name. See, so try to pick a business name, man. It was the worst thing. We like we initially came up with like was it Lab Foco or something like that. So technically, we're registered like under that or something. And then we're like, so let's properly do this. Let's design, let's brand it, and let's make it like yeah, it's on the studio at the moment, and uh, we'll brand it as us. So jobs can come in. You know, we can say a festival once a team they get ten to, and that's the idea. That's what we want to do. And what you know we've. Like Cameron Stevie have been filming a music video uh, for Stephanie Cheap, who's like an upcoming artist and stuff, and been like doing portraits with her and just having loads of people in here just doing stuff. And we want to just try and sort of have this like creative collective sort of thing. And you know, we built the studio, like built off an actual wall uh, for actually doing like our own uh, studio, you know, and it's got our desks and stuff. And it's just a total, we just want it to be like create a vibe and if people want to come up you know feel free just drop the line we'll get a coffee and is that purely photography focused then or would you like consider moving out with that or? um it's good with photography and videography and uh, like you know i love the design aspect i always love graphic you know i might do a couple of things here and there but i don't really want i don't want it we don't want it to be an agency we just want this just a creative collective of the three of us um, but then is it is it a creative collective or is it a photography collective is it a photo and video collective is it oh yeah more photo and video I, I, creative i just always say it's just a, a generic term uh yeah photography and videography collective we're basically a collective <laughs> doesn't quite have the same ring to it i know exactly so yeah we're a creative collective right? <laughs> uh yeah no so it's just the, the three of us and you know we've got people you know other photographers and that want to come out you know we're, we're we want to try and like utilize the space that we've got so like you know we'll be able to like have some people come in or whatever and uh but, you know we want to try and do some sort of things like workshops and stuff because you know the three of us have got some quite a, a good bit of experience of people who work with who we work for um and we just want to like use that because i think you know we've been we you know so many people have helped us we want to just give that you know i, I get quite a few emails and stuff from like people at college and stuff that are wanting to do music photography and it's, it's, it, it's awesome it's cool but i was like <laughs> the emails you know they're all the same emails that we get so we want to just try and maybe make a workshop or do something like do something a bit more instead of just emailing back yeah do this you know we can talk to people and if people have questions you know we can do that sort of thing maybe do some live stuff um like just something just different and there isn't really there isn't really anything like that, uh, for, like photography and videography wise, and you know, in Glasgow, or even Scotland, that sort of do that. Um, 
there is like some places that do like sort of lessons and stuff. We just want to just have like sort of collective a community sort of thing. And so, like, I mean, what is the the freelancer market like here in Glasgow? Is it quite competitive? Is there a lot of people doing it? What's the sort of yeah, landscape? I like? think there's there's quite a few. Um, you know, I think everyone sort of does different things. Like everyone's quite open. Um, like for for myself, I couldn't. I'll never stick in one area. You know, like we're, we've been talking a lot about music topic, but you know, I do events and uh, weddings and just business thing you know business portraits stuff that I, I can't stick you know I, I, for instance like that week you know i was on stage with uh, like in front of like 40 50 000 people liam gallagher and then like, the next day i'm in an empty show home like you know on my own photographing like literally just bare bare walls of a, a new property so is that because it's a necessity to pay the bills so if you could only ever do music photography you would only do that or is that because you want to push yourself and try different things. Um, I think it's a like music photography would be awesome, and it would be awesome to just do music photography as a bills. But at the same time, I really enjoy like that's the only area that I would probably ever focus on. But I also like being a creative person, come from like you know being a product designer to then a graphic designer and then this. If I stuck with one thing, I'd get I'd I'd just lose my mind. I think. Um, I just love like being able to do something different, you know. Like last Sunday, I was away doing video, which I, you know I do some video, but uh, I was away doing Motherwell versus Hibs like football, and I'm going to the football tomorrow to do more stuff with Motherwell. I like just keeping options and just like doing something different, you know. And I think I would just keep me like quite positive and creative and try to find different angles of different things, and you know, it also just makes it that never every week's never never the same, you know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think like if it, like I think it is in a sense, you know, if music did that pay the full bills, then that'd be awesome. Uh, but at the same time, I I think I would probably like lose it after a bit. <laughs> I I can't focus my mind on just one thing, you know. And everyone's like, oh, go do weddings, you know, you make all the money. It's like you make all the money, but man, it's it's not fun, you know. You just you totally lose. Like I, you know, I do I, I pick and choose weddings quite a lot. You know, I take a couple of book, like a few bootings every year, uh, and like because I always try and pick the ones that uh, sort of cool venues or something. Uh, uh, you know, I got on really well with the bride and groom stuff, and um, just try and get something different instead of just shooting weddings because it takes its toll. You know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, great money, so it doesn't really matter. But it's like yeah, but you're shooting say bridal prep start. You know, you're shooting from that ten eleven till ten o'clock at night again. Yeah, you've got all that, you know, and it's not like a gig where I can just do a couple of edits and that's it. You know, you've got you've got a solid amount of photos that you need to provide, and it's a lot. It's a lot of work that takes into it. So it's and it's quite. I mean, it's high pressure. You've got oh, yeah. a lot of expectation of what yeah. you create, and it's funny, you know, especially when, like when it comes to like say music. When when it's art, when it's bands, they've you know they've toured a lot, and you've maybe seen a couple times. You can always tell when someone's going to do something. So like the nineteen seventy five, for instance, like. Lead singer Mai, he like he does the same dance during the same song every time. You know, Twin Atlantic. Every time uh, Sam like goes into the crowd at the exact same point, and Barry does the same jump, and they they do, they do like you know everybody. They, and it's funny you, you speak to them and they're like, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, because they, they just get it. And 
like you just start learning that whereas you know if you miss if you miss the ring exchange then you're gone you know if you miss you know if you miss these moments you can't really oh, guys can, can you go back can you, can you repeat those words again can you give them the same smile it's really so it's really high stress it's it's, it's a lot of work and it's you know and i, lo- I love doing them i love capturing moments you know but it's it's a really stressful position to be in to and you're also not wanting to get in the way of people's day so you're hiding and crouched and crooked and like you know bent over trying to like hide away in the corner like while getting the same shot and it's, it becomes quite a, a very difficult day to do yeah just to finish up with a couple of questions yeah. they um to go back to the music photography stuff um you pick out like one really memorable gig or one really memorable job and what what is it that makes a great gig yeah, um, one of the uh, memorable was probably was Toronto at Belladon last year. That was the twentieth time that I seen them, and I was working with them, so it was like a full access, and it was great. And um, when you say full access, what, what does that actually mean? So yeah, like I get like so usually, like I said earlier, it's like first three, no flash. But when you get full access, it's any song you can use flash video. I don't like using flash. Fair. So first three, no flash means you can only photograph on the first three songs. First three songs, and that's you done. And that's the majority of gigs. So when you do festivals and you do it, it's always first three, no flash. Um, but so yeah, like that was just a memorable moment for myself personally. Um, it was good fun. It's just what they they came back um, just as like a secret headliner thing. So it was like because they played every stage, they've headlined the festival and then they were playing a tent last year. So it was like the place was packed, it was bouncing, it was just so much going on. And uh, like I've got there's a photo, there's a photo that I absolutely love from it when Sam's in the crowd and he's looking straight down the, the, the camera with Mike in the hand it's one of my favourites and but then like someone actually sent me like, a couple of days later someone sent me a gif of they had videoed me taking that exact shot so it's quite cool I've got this angle of the shot that I took but then I've also got the angle of someone else has filmed me taking that exact shot so it's quite cool um, but uh, I think it's it always the shot the, the, the gigs that are like the things are just when the fans are just they're loving it you know that's what that's what you're there for you're there enjoying you can see a band and an artist uh, an artist and the fans like loving it and that's you know when i was on stage at transmit last year one of my favorite shots that i got was when storm 2 was on stage uh, it was like outside of the stage and i just caught it where you can see just everybody in the crit the, you know it's three o'clock on a saturday afternoon in glasgow green and everybody is loving it and during the set, it almost got shut down because it was like literally, like even those songs shut down. It was literally just the place was mental, and it was just there was so much going on, and it was just such a such a vibe that was kicking about, and just that was one of the best uh, sets that I'd done. And it was just one of those moments, and then like Biffy Clyro as well. The their shows are incredible, but like they're so talented. And there's so much going on that you can always capture. Like that was one of the moments that I was like, this is incredible to be doing like be a part of you know so is there anything that you've been listening to watching reading recently um that you you would recommend uh recently actually i've read um like this year sort of like been reading business books as well just like and i've read the hatch and twitter which by uncle nick Wilton, and it was like the background story of twitter and that was incredible and then there was like a background and it's like how, how it turned down a billion dollars 
which is like the background of Snapchat. And I'm like reading the, the one that was the Facebook one, which is like a social network, but like I can't remember what it's called, but I'm reading that. Um, but yeah, like those are really interesting just to hear like the actual backgrounds. And like the, the, there's a book, uh, Phil Knight, I think his name is. It's about Nike. Yeah, it's a great book. What an unreal, like to hear that, like to read that was. Shoe Dog? Yeah, Shoe Dog. That's the one. And uh, I was actually speaking to like, someone stuck on the Instagram story the other day. Uh, been like reading this and I'm like, mate, getting it. He's like, I might just stay up all night. I was like, do it because it's it, like, because that's, that's one of those, you know, like Twitter and Snapchat, you know, Snapchat at Harvard or something. So it's that bit you know a bit of a higher level whereas he was literally just just didn't know really what but he had this idea and had this passion in these shoes you know and the tigers and stuff and it was just a brilliant like really interesting story of how he done it you know and um, that and creativity inc by ed catmull which is about the guy that, like starred pixar and stuff that's another like really the two those two books are sort of my favorite books of here in the history because it's the different histories you know they're not they're, yeah they're not just like you know social media so like twitter and all that have been like partying all left right and center whereas like phil night like flying backwards and forth to japan to like setting up these connections and like the delivery and the shipments and you know at the time you know it was like give them a thousand dollars and then waiting like nine weeks to get your delivery and like he's already selling to athletes and yeah and i mean i think what surprised me was the level we built the company to and it still was on a knife edge whether it was going to go oh, under yeah. or not. And he's well, like a multi-million dollar company. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he always, he never really, had like zero cash flow. He literally just had a, every every payment was balanced on the sales. Like I mean, there was nothing sitting in the bank. You know, that's what one of the bits we were talking about. Like, he's like, there's nothing in the bank. It's everything is just in and out. Like it's just in a total like wheel of just, if something goes, then the company's gone and that, that, that way it was like that for so long mm. you know how big they were and they were still it's i mean it, that's one of my favorite books cool um so if anyone wants to see your work or get in touch we're uh, just fire like ryan johnson co so that's like my twitter handle instagram handle um and it's pretty much my website it's just ryanjohnson.co so just add in a dot and then just 10 to studio is the other one cool. if you want to go for that yeah that's great yeah. thanks so much no, thank you. So, thank you to Ryan. Yeah, another great episode. And go and have a look at his work um, if you haven't already. Um, his photography is fantastic. Yeah, and if, yeah, I mean, if you need a photographer, give him a shout for sure. Um, yeah, he's super friendly, super helpful. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll see a lot more from him going forward so um yeah if you don't already follow us it's at ccc dundee on twitter and on instagram and it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ccc dundee and we're also available on all good podcasting platforms things so yeah you can catch us there as well uh, but that's it for this week um we'll catch you next week with episode number 68 bye <laughs>